This is State of Sports, Utah, with your hosts, Jake Lukler and Jason Stowell. Hey, 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 welcome everybody to the State of Sports, Utah podcast uh, off-season reaction show. Uh, I am your host, Jake. I'm with here, here with my co-host, Jason Stoll. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> so, uh, I just want to say something before we begin. I had our off-season show pretty well planned out. I had all our topics. I had everything planned exactly how we were going to set it up, what we are going to talk about. And then, of course, a bomb had to drop. And if you haven't heard about it, by now, you're clearly not paying attention to college football, so why even it, <laughs> so why even bother? But, obviously, U- USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten, and uh, that's kind of o- the only thing anyone can really talk about, and honestly, it's the only thing that either of us really want to talk about in this off-season show. Now, obviously, this happened a couple weeks ago, uh, but we wanted to just make sure we weren't uh, responding to it too quickly and miss some big news that may or may not occur. But now that Pac-12 Media Day is uh, come and gone, we figured now's a good time uh, before the season starts and before we do our uh, preseason show to talk about our reactions, our predictions, and what we and our preferences. Yeah, and that man, that was such such huge, crazy news. It kind of came out of nowhere, um, and and all happened so quick. It was like similar. Similar to the uh, Texas and Oklahoma depart- departures where it was just so, like, kind of initial report came out. And then, like, a couple of hours later, it was, like, it was done. Like, official. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that was crazy how fast that moved. Which, of course, as, as we know, a, a big deal like this obviously didn't happen in just a matter of hours. This, this was months in the making. In fact, uh, yesterday at Pac-12... Media Day, Lincoln Riley said that it had been discussed uh, while he was getting hired on as the head coach. So it was in the, it was in the works for uh, a little while. But and that's that's wild too. For like when you think of from a reporting standpoint, like they're doing a pretty good job <laughs> with leaks and keeping these things really really locked in because I'm sure there's lots of legal things that they need to and procedures that they have to do, which. They're not doing <laughs> when these discussions are happening. I mean, that's but. why Cal is really furious at UCLA right now. It is crazy that they're they're these leaks, you know, are happening hours before stuff is finalized. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, Jason, you actually uh, fa- found out it before me, and then you and I were talking on the phone as it was leaking. So. Um, I didn't believe it, as as you recall. I thought this was a hoax. I thought this was just clickbait. I, for whatever reason, I, you know, I did not believe it. And then all of a sudden, it was started catching on, started coming from more and more official sources. Your dad texted you. Oh yeah, my my dad texted me, and he, you know, he doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't hear anything. <laughs> so, so I'm the one who always you know tells him first, and so then all of a sudden he's found out, and then it. It got real, and then I became filled with uh, filled with rage uh, at a one individual in particular, but a whole establishment as a whole, and that would be Larry Scott, the former Pac-12 commissioner who was asleep at the wheel for 10 years and honestly is the person I blame for letting this happen. 
but uh, you and I were on the phone as this happened, which was, I thought, pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it was fun. I, as soon as I saw that initial thing, I called you because uh, obviously for the U, for BYU and like all of college football in general, this is just has massive, massive implications and it kind of becomes this arm race between really two conferences to be number one and then there's a wider gap and for now number you three have this kind of battle that's about to happen for for number three like like Jake yeah, just exactly. said so that that kind of brings me to my like my reaction when I first saw this of course was shock and wow that's crazy but my brain immediately went to the big 12 has to move now and that's that's kind of going to be a theme from me at least as we talk about this is action that needs to happen now for too long like the big 12 just kind of sat around and allowed these forces to kind of happen to them they allowed oklahoma and texas largely to dictate what was going on in their in their conference which makes sense they're the big money schools right but but for too long Longhorn Network, you know, uh, the the Sooners board, those those kind of things were what dictated um, the Big 12's movement. And so I, I really would like the Big 12 to be proactive instead of reactive and jump on an opportunity to add quality programs to the conference. And that's that's where initially my reaction to it, where my mind went. So, Jason, as a Utah fan and you as a BYU fan, we're here on completely different footing when it comes to this news. Um, obviously, as a Utah fan, this uh, this news impacts me a little bit more deeply than it does uh, you as a BYU fan. So, yeah, direct versus just kind of indirect waves of like the initial, uh, oh, what do they call that, the... Uh, epicenter <laughs> yes of, of exactly. the news yes exactly and so uh of course our perspectives are going to be a little bit different but why don't we talk about uh why don't we talk about uh how each of our fan bases are feeling about this and in respect of to utah right how do you uh, why don't you tell us how how byu fans feel and what they hope or want to end up in regards to utah yeah so there's kind of two, everyone has a different opinion, right? But really, there are two major viewpoints amongst the fandom. Um, of course, you have the salty side uh, of, of the fan base, right? With regards to Utah, that they, <laughs> they kind of want to see Utah, uh, uh, they, wa they want to see Utah stumble a little bit. Let's be honest. That's just that's that's the way a portion of the fan base feels. I don't feel like it's a ginormous fan base, and maybe more from like the kind of the older generation that has those really deep, bitter rivalry <laughs> veins that run through them. But like they they feel still hurt and soured by. A lot of the treatment, I think, of BYU when they initially, when Utah initially got accepted to the Pac-12, um, and then BYU obviously went into independent. And these past ten years, you know, whether it's talent gap or 
they so poo poo um, or we're kind of the attitude of like, oh, we're too good to even schedule BYU. We don't need them on our schedule, that kind of thing. And again, just playing devil's advocate, this is not necessarily how I feel, but how that that side of the fan base feels that they <laughs> they want to see Utah end up as an independent or end up in the Mountain West or yada, yada, yada. There's some definitely some salty, um, salty feelings and some salty fans. Um, so that's one perspective and what they hope happens to Utah. What I hope and what I think the majority of BYU fans where they want Utah to end up is in the Big 12 and and I think we've talked enough about it 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 would be it would be a blast to have Utah and BYU be in the same conference again I think that rivalries in college football traditions those kind of thi- like that is the the lifeblood of college football and, and, and it BYU only, versus Utah, that's a top 10 rivalry in college sports. Easily. Yeah. It is. And so I think those kind of things are what makes a conference stronger. And I would love to see Utah end up in the Big 12. I think overall the demographic fits better from a political standpoint, comparing not scholastically, but from a fan base perspective. It matches, Utah's fan base matches, in my opinion, a lot better with Texas schools than they do with California schools. Um, and it would just be, it would, it would bring a lot, a lot of meaning back to the rivalry. It would be great for the state. And, and I think it would be the best move for Utah to do, which I'll get into a little later. But that's kind of the two perspectives. I think a large majority of BYU fans would love to see Utah join BYU in the Big 12 and and kind of restore the the rivalry to its glorified days, but with a different perspective, not the Bronco Mendenhall perspective where everything is like really bitter. I feel like Utah fans just have a lot of ire towards Bronco because of (laughs) interactions and he's just not the best like media person fan interacting guy. Um, but Kalani's brought back a lot of that respect, which we've talked about, and I think it would be—I think it would be awesome. Yeah, when it comes to Utah fans and where they want Utah to end up, there's actually three camps in this, and uh, and obviously because they have a, quite a bit more stakes, and they think about it more in a self, uh, self-flattering and self-beneficial kind of way. Um, and one of those groups is the let's jump ship, let's join the Big Twelve. And for a lot of those same reasons, as you mentioned, you know, uh, they they want to be in the rivalry with BYU. Obviously, that option was never really in their minds before. But now that potentially the Pac-12 is falling apart, uh, there's quite a bit of fans that are just like, nope, all right, we're let, let's get out before we're stuck holding the bag. You know, let's get out before we're the last ones standing and get screwed, you know. And don't get me wrong, uh, there's, quite, there's quite a few fans that feel this way, and there's quite a few fans that do not feel this way. And, many, and those type of fans that say don't join the Big 12 are split into two groups. And uh, that would be the stay-in-the-pack fans versus the t- for the wait-for-something-better 
type of fans, right? And so uh, the stay with the pack, you know, they. I feel like these are a bit more. I want to say these are the bit more cautious fans, right? They don't want Utah has been thriving in the Pac-12, and especially without USC in the league, this you know the conference then opens up to being basically a, a dogfight between Oregon and Utah, and you know there's still quite a few pretty good brands, and you bring it, you know, the, I, the thought process is that you bring in some some decent schools with some decent media markets and all of a sudden you have a a new Pac-12 that Utah is sitting at the very top of. And it's, so instead of moving to a Big 12 where, you know, you have a little less and you know quote unquote prestige when it comes to, you know, academics or maybe, you know, even just kind of classic classical football prestige so to speak, um you get this new solidified you know, Pac-12. Essentially, they're they're wanting to do what the Big 12 did in response to, uh, you know, Oklahoma and Texas leaving. You know, they're waiting for that. They're waiting for that big, you know, re-solidify solution. And then there's others that are like, yes, let's jump ship, but let's wait on it. Let's wait for the better offer. The better offer in most people's minds is the Big 10. You know, and the thought process behind this, as far as I can gather, is you know, Utah has been projected to be at least a, a big-time playoff contender this year. And so the thought process is that it's unlikely that dominoes are going to fall until you know late in the season anyway. So if Utah can have an extraordinary season this year, win on the field, just blow everyone's uh, expectations out of the water and you know go above and beyond and maybe make the playoffs, you know, get on the national stage in a very big way, it'll make Utah more attractive for a, a Big Ten invite, right? And so when it comes to me, myself, I find myself, especially after the Pac-12 Media Day, I find myself a bit in between a few of these. Like, don't get me wrong. Go Waiting and going to the Big Ten would be... Would, I mean, that amount of money is just awesome. I mean... Regardless of how you end up doing, that's a lot of money. And so you're going to be able to get a lot of really good recruits, no matter how, at least comparative to your conference, how, how will you actually do, right? Now, when it comes, and as great as that would be, that's the option I actually, I don't know. It's the one I, I'm the least excited about. One, because all those schools are really far away, and so I'd never really be able to go on a road on a road game the championship would be you know forever away if Utah ever got there and plus I mean yes it's it, it would definitely be you know a, a huge step up but it would also you know you you have to get destroyed by by Ohio State every year so you know and 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 so when it comes to the joining the Big 12 I I'm all for it I I'm definitely I'd say that's probably the camp I'm the most in is jumping on with the Big 12, mostly just because of, one, I think Utah would, as far as the adjustments going, the adjustment period would be pretty small for Utah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a step up, but it's a, you know, it's a lateral move. You know, you're going from a Power 5 conference to another Power 5 conference of of a very similar caliber, and, you know, the top teams are going to be, you know, your rivalry with BYU, uh, Baylor, 
and Oklahoma State. And those are going to be your main competitors. And that's not, especially if you're looking at a conference of 14, 16, 18 teams, that's not very stacked. I mean, that's that's a that's pretty well open for the taking, at least from Utah's perspective. So I'm very open to that possibility. Uh, but I'm also, I'll admit, I'm, I'm a, I've become a little bit more cautious in the last probably two weeks of jumping too early. And, you know, just because... It all, you know, you don't know what media deal they're cooking up. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the value of certain schools versus value, you know, of other th- schools, and so you don't want to leave too early and leave, you know, a better situation off the table. Because, like I said, you know, you bring in some other schools to re-solidify the conference, and then all of a sudden you're at the top, and you know, you're you're fighting for first and second place every year in this new Pac-12 conference, so to speak. So. Uh, so that's where I am, and I think that's pretty a pretty well description of the three camps that, that Utah fans are in. Oh, that makes sense, and I, I've seen that just in my own interactions with on social media with, um, with Utah fans as well. That's a pretty good summary. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's a surprising amount that are with the Stay With The Pack fan, like camp. I, I was very – I am very surprised by just how many are very hardcore in that line of thought. Which, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about kind of Utah's... And, it, and it's bummer timing with USC and UCLA for Utah because, like, I mean, Utah's ascension to the in the Pac-12, like, it's now. You know, this is, this is the yeah. peak. Like, you've, you've worked your way up, and, and now, you know, preseason, uh, preseason pull for the Pac-12, it's, like, overwhelmingly... Utah, um, yeah. And so it just it it the status quo being shifted could not have come at like a worse time for Utah fans. Well, I mean, also it's it comes at a really great time, so to speak, for for the sense of conference instability, right? Of because if the Pac-12 goes down, right, for whatever reason, Utah is in a pretty good place, you know, the because. With last year's season, you get this coming season. If Utah has a very winning season, uh, you know, 2022, that puts Utah in a very high-stacked position, which will make them a, a much more desirable school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see what you're saying. They, what they bring to the table in, in an expansion scenario or courting other conferences is the win-now ability. Yes, and I mean, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I also think there's a, a lot more. There's quite a bit of uh, winning longevity there too. But I mean, that's a that's a an argument between us for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why don't we go ahead and um, just kind of talk about the what if scenarios, right? Uh, what we think will, what we think will happen, and maybe just what, uh, what could happen, what could stop things from happening, so to speak. Okay. All right. So when it comes to what's going to happen in the future, I don't think the next domino is going to fall until we see what the media deal is, right? I, especially listening to Pac-12 Media Day yesterday, um, it was all pretty clear that all the schools are waiting on that one, right? I don't think anyone's going to make any deals. There might be some, you know, some drafts drawn up. There might be some backdoor things happening. But I don't think anything's going to happen until the media deal is announced, which I think at the earliest is going to happen mid-season, right? 
So it's, but I think it's very possible that we'll go the whole of the 2022 season before we actually hear what the media deal is. And that's, it's good to remember too, like the big 12 stuff happened uh, week three, right? That like Texas and Oklahoma and jumping and all the invitations to uh, the extra four schools that all happened the week that BYU played Utah. Yeah. And so we could be, we could be sitting on this for, you know, for a minute. And I think too, like you mentioned the, the media deal, I think it also, a lot of it leans on or kind of hangs in the balance on, on like Notre Dame, the big 10, obviously oh, 100%. would love to get Notre Dame. And that's like, that's their prime target. Um, so not to put a damper like on the, obviously it would be great for Utah if they could get into the big 10, but Brett, Brett McMurphy, who's like the voice of college football. Like he's, he has all the insight. He's, he's the shams and woge of college football, right? Like he, he reported that the big 10, right. Is looking at Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Miami. Oh, no, I, I saw that. So the idea of Utah moving there, just honestly, from an insider perspective, is not not real positive. But no, I know. Like I said, a lot changes, and it all hangs on Notre Dame, and that could happen any time. No, very true, very true. It definitely does. Yeah, and because we all know, I mean, their contracts getting renewed too. So, I mean, who knows what they do? And, yeah, you're right. I think that is another domino that needs to fall, right? Because Notre Dame comes or, or doesn't come to the Big Ten, then the Big Ten's going to probably be making some more moves, right? Apparently, they do have ambitions beyond a 16-team conference, right? So, who really knows what's going to happen there? But, all I mean, there's been some reports of, like, okay, what is the new... Pac-12 media deal, right? Because you are losing two of your biggest markets, right? So the question is, are you going to, you know, what what's a, what's the sh- per school share of that new media deal going to be? And if it's anything lackluster and if it's anything that's not, you know, impressive, I think the Pac-12 fall, does indeed fall apart with or without Notre Dame, right? So that's, that's, your, that's your prediction then. You think... The Pac-12. Well, okay. So, well, that's just, so that's just it. Is like I'm not I'm not so sure about it because it's just like there's been a lot of talk about you know the va- the value of the late night football, right? And you know when it comes down to it, there's the Pac-12 and there's the Mountain West, and that's it. Those are the only games on in the the later hours, and those do have valuable time slots. Those are those do have value to main, you know, college sports networks, Fox and ESPN. That's a big know, ABC. primary value for BYU, too. Yo, ex- no, exactly. Like, uh, yes, it, exactly. It, the, the ability to stick BYU in that 8 o'clock time slot every time, which I know uh, stinks for for a lot of BYU fans complain about about that uh, scheduling point, but it, it is a huge value for, for BYU. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's more what I mean. So, like, you know, the Pac-12 does have a very big market for those later spots, right? And they will be on prime television during those spots. And especially if, you know, NBC decides they want to get more into sports or 
uh, CBS. I know they just lost. They're losing the SEC, uh, you know, for ESPN. Which, can I just say, and I'm sure Utah fans have felt this way from when they played, um, like, Alabama. The SEC on CBS is the worst. I cannot, I can't stand their announcers. They're, they're oh, CBS is the worst, the worst, but they do pay, right? So, but that that's my point, is, like, there is... A market for later games, and so you know the Pac-12 staying together, it does have value in that, and so which makes, so that's why I'm kind of like I don't, I no longer feel confident enough that the Pac-12 is in fact going to fall apart to say that, oh yeah, no, it's going to fall apart. The deal's going to be lackluster, and you know they're just going to jump. So, and which I know is not a prediction. I know it's just it's what everyone says, and I and I hate that. That's what everyone says. But the, the problem is there's truth to it. There's there's so much truth to it. We just don't know, and it's the worst. So, I don't know. If I if I really had to, like, you know, gun to my head, I want to say it is lackluster. I want to say, you know, that whatever they try is not going to work, and then the top teams jump, and then the bottom teams either try to cobble together a conference or they end up, I don't know, joining the Mountain West, depending on how few of teams are actually left standing you know well and similar similar to you like my my vision of what was going to happen was that alongside usc and ucla logically to me it was a no-brainer for oregon and washington to be scooped up like together with those teams because when you think about like when you think about program tradition like current viability Oregon and Washington are huge brands in in the Pac-12 equal yeah. to not and I I shouldn't say brands because that is what sets UCLA and USC apart is the money and the market but like as far as just a recognized college football brand I feel like Oregon and Washington are on equal footing with USC and UCLA so it was a shock to me that they didn't get scooped up then and haven't already been scooped up now and my my caution my my cautious side right views that as the next domino like if I had to predict I really do think that Oregon and Washington are just going to siphon as much money as they possibly can out of the next deal if the Pac-10 sticks together, right? They're going to try and vie for the most money and they will just wait and the Big Ten will offer and they'll be out. And and so that is why I say when we talk about, when I talked about earlier about action and, and being proactive versus reactive, that's what I'd like to see from Utah Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State. Don't wait for Oregon and Washington to dictate what you do. You know, like <laughs> force their hand by making your own path, by jumping to the Big 12. You put Oregon and Washington in a bad spot, frankly, because obviously the Big 10 doesn't 100% want them, maybe even doesn't want them 80%, you know? But. Yeah. I think eventually we will get to the point that the Big Ten tries to get those guys and they'll just leave the rest of the Pac-12 hanging. Yeah. So when it comes to the Pac-12 staying together and that whole idea of it, 
I think a big portion of its stability and how much money it's going to be able to make is who's coming in, right? Is who are they going to get to replace? Because I don't think a 10-team conference is going to work anymore. I don't think it's going to be viable. I don't think it's going to be considered a powerhouse-style conference in any meaningful way, right? And, you know, the Pac-12, at least on Media Day, they did make it clear that they are planning on expansion, right? So the question is then who? Right? Who could they possibly bring in that isn't either, you know, locked in or w- who's worthwhile? Right. So let's let's do this. Of all of the teams that you could possibly expand to, excluding like like say the Big Twelve is pretty like solid. You can't steal teams from them from another Power Five conference. Who is the one school that you would add? San Diego State. And I okay. know that and that is the school that everyone's throwing around, right? They're in the Southern California market. Obviously, they don't have the, you know, gi- the, the strength of U- of USC, UCLA, but they are in that area. And so all the Southern California kids that grow up that still grow up there and want to play, you know, coastal football, Pac-12 football, you know, they they definitely can and just have their parents drive down to San Diego, right? Yep. I think that's valuable. If I had to pick a second team, no. Nope, nope, one. Oh, one wh- team. Why, why I, are we cause, one? See, because now, because I'll, I'll bring in my my one pick since okay. you took San Diego State. All right, okay. And I will say Vegas. It's UNLV. That, to <laughs> no, me. gross. Yes. Yeah, I know everyone's no. going to everyone's gonna groan and it's gross, Ugh. whatever. UNLV makes a ton of sense because that. That is where, like, the future of of high profile, like, if you're talking about new markets, that's the future of sports, new sports teams, because you have the NBA looking to possibly expand there in Vegas. You have the NFL who just went there. You have a multi-million, like, like a billion-dollar stadium that they just built for the Raiders. Like, it makes a lot of sense. It's a big market. I mean, market. okay, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, but, like... Nobody watches UNLV, and that's not going to change. Yeah, it's not going to change. They're terrible. Everyone thinks I they're but terrible. But I think I think you're undervaluing though the the NFL, ha- like having an NFL team and stadium there, as you gain. Because right now there isn't really a Raiders fan base. The Raiders fan base is still largely in California, right? Like I you're mean, just starting I don't know. to. I don't know about that. There is quite a big Raider Nation in Vegas right now. I mean, it but is. you're just like you're just beginning, though. Okay. Your fan base of UNLV of or sorry of the Vegas Raiders just started, right? Okay. And I think as they grow, UNLV's team grows. Ugh. That's my opinion. All right. I mean, I know, I, guess. I know there's plenty of people that disagree. I and I'm one of them. To man. me, that is no to way. To me, it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, NFL, in that and sense, if it the does, NBA adds a team gross... there. I think that's a that's a I think that's a very wishful thinking type of. It's Vegas, man. I mean, yes, it is Vegas, but again, <laughs> UNLV is terrible, and they've always been terrible. Now, dude, in the last twenty years, do you know how many winning seasons they've had? Two. Probably two. Not many. No, no, it is two. And you want to know? One of them was six and six, and one of them was seven and five. So if like, but if we go back to like eighties, early nineties, Utah football, that's where they were. I mean, similar market uh, size. 
Okay. I'm just saying, okay. UNLV market's gonna be is is gonna be a future hot po- a hot <sighs> spot. I don't know. I think UNLV is a mis- would be a, mi- a huge <laughs> mistake, man. Ugh. If I'd you're lo- taking if you're taking four teams, who I mean, who okay. you're gonna take? You're gonna take Fresno State. Yes, that Fresno would actually be my second pick, honestly. And boy, but Boise over UNLV. Yes. No way. Look, I don't want Boise no in the way. conference at all. I don't. <laughs> Bo- one, Boise is a terrible TV market. No, yeah. there's nobody in Idaho that watches football. All the, like, yes, Idaho is growing, but they're all out of staters that'll watch California school football. They're not gonna watch Boise State football, right? <laughs> and I mean, let's just let's just call call it as we see it, right? And it's just, oh, I hate the idea of Boise being in the conference almost as much as I hate UNLV. You know what? Fine. I would take UNLV over Boise. There I would. I would. I, I would take San Diego State. Uh, yeah, Fresno State would be my second pick. And then, and, and yeah. Honestly, honestly, though, yeah. I don't, it's yeah. tough. And yeah. that's, again, it is tough because back you're picking to the out of the Mountain West. This is exactly, this is like, again, this comes back to my point of do not let Oregon and Washington and Stanford and Cal be the ones that dictate everything that happens for the future of your conference. It's also underwhelming. Take control. Get with the four corners, right? Colorado, ASU, Arizona, and get your butts to the Big 12, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So let, let, let me just, let's just explore one more scenario right so let's say that in order to stay afloat and to not have to just pick up some a bunch of you know mountain west schools let's say the the uh the pac-12 goes after some other power five teams so and, and i guess the, and the closest conference is obviously the big 12 right so you and all your ears to the ground. If the Pac-12 came a calling to, to BYU, would BYU would BYU? No, you really don't think so. No, hundred hmm. percent no. All right. Nope. They're they're and I think I think and it, this is partially why the Pac-12 and we've talked about this and plenty of people have talked about this, but it's the inactiveness of the Pac-12 that has put them in this situation because if as soon as Texas and Oklahoma had bolted, the Pac-12 came in to not even not even BYU, but like TCU, Oklahoma State, some Baylor, some of the top universities from the Big 12, or even even like the biggest markets yeah. in the Big 12, and they poached then. I think this we would be in a completely, and the Pac-12 would be in in a completely different position. Yeah, that's Larry but, Scott for you. But now, yeah. I just don't see. I just don't see any, and not just BYU, any of the Big Twelve schools wanting to go to the Pac-12. That's yeah. how dire of a situation ultimately it really could end up being. Yeah, and th- see, that's kind of how I am. I, I trust me. I, I I have a lot of wishful thinking, and that oh yeah, we could probably poach Oklahoma State and Baylor if we really wanted to. We probably could. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, why didn't you do that? I don't know. That's just that again. That's my rage that I was talking earlier at Larry Scott. That's my that's my rage at Larry Scott that I was feeling at the initial reaction. 
because, because you give USC and U- UCLA and Oregon and Washington a, a reason to stay in the conference because you just solidified yourself as the number, the clear number three. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And it's just like I said, Larry Scott was asleep at the at the wheel for ten years, and let the conference degrade into apparently not good enough for USC, which they've been a part of for a hundred years. So it's yeah. I'll admit I'm. I don't think I'll ever forgive Larry Scott. Larry Scott sucks. Wherever you are, Larry, well, you're the worst. Well, while the future may be unclear, both me and Jake are super excited for the present, which is college football, Pac-12, Big Ten, whatever, Big Big Twelve, all as they are, and we're only that's true. Like forty days away. It's oh so no, close, we're way man. less than that, man. We, it's it's so exciting. It's like thirty-five. It's I think it's for more, week zero. Yeah, for week zero, it's like thirty. 34 or something yeah but i mean even so we're to, almost there but i mean even to september 3rd you know kickoff day we're not that f- far away so it's almost it's almost here we're, we're almost there guys one month and and we'll be back in action yep and uh please everyone stay uh stay tuned for our preseason show we're going to be predicting um, weeks one and two, we're going to be predicting the season as a whole. We're going to be talking about fall camp and any revelations that have ha- occurred since then. Who knows? We might be re-talking conference realignment then. We have no idea. But uh, Jason's right. Uh, honestly, I'm probably more excited for the 2022 season than I've been excited for a football season in a long time. And I thought last year was as excited as I could get. But nope, I'm, I'm way more excited. Um... Here's a funny anecdote, though. So, as many know, uh, both BYU and Utah start on start the season on the road in the state of Florida. BYU plays Southern Florida. Utah plays in the swamp against the University of Florida. And I actually saw a car with uh, those two license plates two days in a row. So one, yep. So uh, Thursday, I saw a Florida Gators plate while I was getting gas, and then the very next day, I saw a Southern Florida license plate holder. They're just gearing us yeah. up, man. No, man, they're, they're staking <laughs> out the competition here. I swear it. <laughs> Spies. Yep, exactly. So uh, we're excited. Uh, obviously, college football is in a lot of flux, but thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, like and follow for uh, if you haven't already, and. Uh, This is Jake and Jason signing out. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this State of Sports Utah production. SFX technical support provided by Samantha Knight.